You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Well, welcome everyone to this episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. This is Sean. Andrew's opening the episode today because I'm in the future recording this and sticking it in. In this episode, we are joined once again by Samuel, who runs the Tabletop Hub YouTube channel, as well as the Should You Back It YouTube channel. We get into the controversy of paid reviews for content creators, but we also cover YouTube video content strategies that it's important for you as a publisher or crowdfunding hopeful to understand because it will help you align yourself with the goals of YouTube content creators and it will better equip you to give suggestions of what content they could create that might benefit both parties. Something that's very important to listen to in terms of utilizing YouTube, that space and reaching the most amount of people with your content. So really hope you enjoy this. Check out the show notes. All the links are included there and we'd love to know your thoughts on this episode in particular in the crowdfunding nerds community. Enjoy. Where do you see the kind of board game or the tabletop YouTube space heading towards? Because it's obviously constantly changing, but yeah, just maybe your thoughts on where it is now and where where is it going? I think straight off the bat, we, we need to probably just see it. Hey, listen, I've been in this specific niche in our niche for a very short period of time. And we've, as much as I've got a ton of experience creating content and working in that field, whenever it comes to creating tabletop content, I'm still very much a new kid on the block. I think for me, one of the key things that I wanted to do getting into that space was making shorter videos that just got to the point quicker, um, which is, it's one of my values. It's what I look for in crowdfunding campaigns and, and things that I'm backing. Uh, so that permeates through the content I create too. I think there's always going to be a, a space for long form content uh, in the tabletop space. And when long form, I mean like 45 minutes plus, you know, those playthrough videos that basically are completely unedited. There's always going to be an audience for, for of people who will sit down and watch that. But I think uh, a few years back, we we saw a real the, the start of a real push and a real movement towards super short form tabletop content. So we have, you know, the one minute reviews. And uh, I think TikTok as a platform has really, really encouraged the growth of that and really encouraged the growth of getting a, a message across that is qualitative in a short space of time. So for me, I think I see that continuing to grow. I just think it's 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 where it's at. And I, I think it, it enables creators to get more content out more quickly. But I, I think there's a very important caveat. I think I think short form content or shorter form content is is going to see a, an increase, but it's still got to be good. I think we can't just push out five minute videos where I just turn on a webcam and I just word vomit. There's going to be more of a push towards really good B-roll and just really well-formed creative videos uh we saw just as a as a tabletop adjacent or a board game adjacent example there was a really big shift in the battle report content creation side of things whenever a new channel came onto the block called play on tabletop and in essence warhammer 40k and warhammer miniature you know battle reports been around for ages and it's usually one guy holding a camera and it, that's it for like an hour play on tabletop came in and it was guys who were passionate about the game who knew how to create content and it was some of the most the highest quality 
content you've ever seen. And they completely blew up. And it was because they were putting time and effort and it felt like more of an experience for the viewer. Mm -hmm. uh, I think especially when it comes to playthrough videos for board games, I don't necessarily think this is where the industry is going to go. It's just from my own personal bias, I think it's where we should be going. I think we have the opportunity to up the standards of what our viewers deserve. And I think we have a real opportunity to kind of just push the envelope a little bit further. Because I, I think if we don't, I think especially whenever we're looking at gameplay videos, I think we have the opportunity to just stagnate. So yeah, I think shorter form and higher quality is where I would like to see it go. And I think it's where it's going to end up going as well. Then content creators will have to think in terms of series because the whole YouTube platform is based on watch time. So if it is short content, someone needs in a sense to be able to binge watch the series where it's, oh, I saw this five minute video, then I went out to this five minute video and then all together collectively, it's like 15 minutes. So it's kind of, you've kind of got like your long form content mm -hmm. there. That's essentially what YouTube wants. So I think it's probably not only having this short form content, but as you said, this consistency in one bring that content out, but also some type of synchronization between the different types of content so that mm -hmm. there is some kind of overlap and, um, and overlay, which I think you're doing with your content in terms of the tabletop space. You do a lot of miniatures, very mm -hmm. miniature heavy. Um, do, you, do you paint your own miniatures because they all look great or, or do you get someone else to paint them? Sean, you're trying to woo me now. This is, this is too much. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Well, actually, so let me, let me give you a real cheat sheet if there's any content creators out there watching this. So watch time is, is king on YouTube and it is it's absolutely key in all these platforms they want you to be on their platform longest that doesn't necessarily mean that they're looking at session time most of the time especially on YouTube so YouTube doesn't care who you're watching as long as you're watching one of the best resources for this is using end titles end cards on your videos so one of the tactics that I'll use and I I saw if you dive deep into your YouTube analytics it'll give you I can't remember the, the name they give for this metric but it's in essence how many videos a viewer watched as part of their session and ideally you want it to be more than one because if that number is one they watched your video and they left the website but if you can get that to two to three to four plus in essence, what you want to be doing is whenever you're creating content, instead of thinking about it solely from a, I want to make the experience of this video really good. I want to make it shift that to, to be, I want the, the session of this viewer to be really good. So if they're coming, let, let's say it was wingspan or whatever. So you, you, they click on the review of wingspan and you've got a five minute review. Should you buy this? At the end of that video, in theory, you should have a playthrough video of Wingspan somewhere in your channel or somewhere else. So when you get to the end of that, that video, it's not a like lengthy one to two minute outro with 25 call to actions of like, follow me on this and subscribe and click the bell and also pay for me on with stuff on Patreon, all that kind of thing. It's very, very quick. It's like, hey, hope you enjoyed this. If you want to find more about Wingspan, I've already made a video or here's where you can watch a full Let's Play of this, this game so that they can click that and they're on to the next video. And then they'll watch that for 30 minutes. And you know, so the 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 real technique, the, the ninja secret technique that I, I try to recommend to some creators is stop thinking about your content from a video to video basis and think of it from batches of four. So whenever you're coming up with an idea, get me four ideas that are all linked so, and then create shoot them all at the same time and post them very close together. So when they launch, watch the first video, you're linking them to the second, from the second to the third, from the third to the fourth. And when the fourth one, maybe there's an, another game that is similar to that one that you've covered, shoot them onto that. Um, and all of a sudden, 
YouTube is now looking at that and these platforms look at that from a point of view of, oh gosh, this, this one video is sparking off a two to three hour session. Let's show this one video to more people. That's a super niche tangent. But yeah, especially when it comes to short form, don't be afraid of it. As long as it's good quality and you're signposting them to somewhere else, YouTube will pick up on it and they'll reward you for it. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's important even for publishers to know how these systems work because then they can better partner with content creators and understand yeah. what their needs are and saying, well, here's how my content can fit into your schedule and mm -hmm. benefit you. And that's probably going to you know, help in terms of getting your, your content covered by different YouTubers. Yeah. You know, I have a question in, in regard to this. So I, as a, you know, putting my publisher hat on, um, mm -hmm. I have this one game and it's about to hit and I want to create content for it. Um, mm -hmm. So Deliverance is a very, uh, so it has deterministic combat, so dungeon crawl, tactical combat, skirmish, adventure board game. It's got minis, um, coolest angel minis ever made. And um, I think that the, uh, uh, I mean, you know, one, one man's opinion, I only made them, so... <laughs> Um, so the, uh, so I want to create videos in regard to strategy. So the, the way the game works, it's actually a very difficult game. It's hard to win, mm -hmm. but when you figure it out because of the deterministic combat and, you know, you can mitigate all randomness, you know, there are ways to mitigate randomness. You can win a hundred percent of easy and we'll say normal difficulty games. You can win 90% of like, we'll say like hard where you, where you maybe like 75%, where you really start to die a lot is at the higher difficulties. You need to be so perfectly efficient. And it's this, you know, work back and forth with your team to make sure that you survive and whatever. And before you're good at the game, you die a lot on like low difficulty just because there's certain things that you just don't really know. So I wanted to make videos that would be dedicated to like the top five mistakes new players make in, you know, when they play Deliverance. And yeah. then maybe a bonus clip of five tactical tips that will take your gameplay to the next level. And mm -hmm. that might be, you know, like a short form, you know, maybe five minute video for the first one, and maybe like a seven and a half minute video for the next one. And I'm not a super pro. I've, I actually do have a board game table, but I don't have a cool fancy setup for a camera. It would just be my iPhone. I would probably have one of my kids hold it <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, I'd have to figure that out, you know, is this the type of thinking that you're talking about? Like the being intentional with the first video being for newbies, then if a newbie wants to take his play to the next level, he, he gets here. And then maybe we get into the specifics, how to be really good with Michael, the archangel, how to be really good with Azrael, the angel of death or whatever, like tactics for those particular characters, whatever is that what we're talking about here, would that be a good strategy? How would you recommend that I adjust it? Or maybe even, um, you know, what would you recommend to enhance such a, such a strategy? Yeah, totally. So I think one of the, the key things I'm not going to, I can't remember where I heard this, but it's, it's that phrase of like, always be testing things, you know, like always be testing stuff. So what I would say to you, Andrew is like, with what you've just, I would be like, yeah, just go do it. And like, you, you won't know if that's a good strategy until you try it. It doesn't need to be super amazing quality. Viewers will forgive certain things whenever it comes to production quality on videos. As long as the the guts of the content, like what you're delivering is is solid, they don't mind if it's filmed on an iPhone. Just don't waste their time because it's the one thing they'll never get back. So 
I think it's it's a fantastic way of starting off. And like that, that linear line that you're talking about absolutely makes sense. One of the key things is like, shoot it, put it out there, and then just wait for audience feedback. Same as like anything that we do. So putting it out there, always making sure that in that video, you're asking them like, is there anything else you want me to cover? Is there anything else you're struggling with? Or what are the other mechanics in this game that, you, that you're finding it hard to realize? Because that that's always the tricky thing, right? Whenever we're the person that is so deeply ingrained into this thing, uh, we can sometimes have blinkers on where we don't really, we think we know what's tough about the things that we create, or we think we know what our audience or the players will will struggle with. When in actual fact, sometimes they struggle with the simplest things, which is almost more frustrating. One of the examples, or one of the, the personal ways that I've done this, there was a game that I've covered on the Tabletop Hub. The first video in the, in the kind of uh, audience journey is, should you buy this game? They watch that when they get to the end. The next video that they're linked to is, here's the buyer's guide. So if you want to buy this game, here's the things you need to get started. Once they've watched that, here's how to set up and play your first game. Once they've watched that, at the end of that, here's advanced combat. So it's the stuff that once you've played a few games, this is what you need to know. So it's it's taking them one step along. In previous YouTube times, we probably could have just put that into one 30 to 45 minute video. But for a new person who's just trying to get into these games, that's a big ask. Because if they see 45 minutes, they're like, oh gosh, I don't know if the time for this. Is there not like a five minute version? Yeah. So just cut it up into, take your 45 minute one, cut it into like 10 things and just create more of an experience. So I think, yeah, that totally makes sense. I think start putting it out there, start getting audience feedback and just always be testing, always be adapting. And each time you, each iteration should be getting better and then just wait and see what they struggle with. I also think it keeping entertainment in mind. Um, so people people watch YouTube for several reasons. It's, it's either entertainment, inspiration or education. So if you yeah. can kind of combine those. So one thing, Andrew, I think would be great for you to do is like a painting competition, miniature painting competition, but you could also have it like a guy. So you could have maybe like three people and you have like a professional painter and they're painting it and they're showing you, this is how you paint this model. And then you have like yourself and your wife and who can, you know, yeah. who could do a better job painting it. And then at the end, people vote. And then you can do that for each angel. So now you've got a series that's it's like it's entertaining. It's informative because it's teaching me how to paint those miniatures. And now it's also a series because I can watch each single one. And at the end, you can crown like the grand cha champion. So then that's a great series to maybe keep in mind. But it's, it's stuff like that where it's not necessarily have to be gameplay. It can even just be goofy stuff like painting miniatures or what, whatever it is. But I think that's, that's where to keep the content in mind. That's yeah. cool. You know, the, the question that I have, the cynic in me will ask, and, and maybe others will feel the same way when they're when they're putting content like this together. Like, will that actually be worth it? Will it actually, you know, have, uh, you know, if I commit to this, let's say I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fly my miniature. Pro I actually have a professional miniature painter who's doing all of our our hand painted minis. He's in Canada though, so I let's say I'm like, all right, I'm gonna commit to this. I'm flying him down to my house. He's gonna stay there for nine days, which is exactly the number of miniatures that I have in the game so we're going to do one a day and uh we're going to do all of these nine videos and then i have to figure out editing and i'll probably just dump it on your lap sean because <laughs> you're way better at that than me there we go but the, the the thing holding me back is let's just say you know the plane ticket was 10 bucks it's more than that um <laughs> but uh, you know the thing that holds me back would be if the money wasn't an issue let's say i'm filthy rich 
mm-hmm. um, which I'm not because I'm a family of almost nine and families oh. of nine aren't filthy rich. Yeah. <laughs> aren't often filthy rich, <laughs> I guess. Um, so let's just say the time was the main factor. And that's, that's really the, what the, you know, the case with a lot of our listeners is that their mm-hmm. time is valuable. They're, they, they have limited time to do things and, you know, committing to something like that, like that's biting off a really big chunk. What if, uh, you know, would it be a better tactic for me to just try it once and see how it's received? And then if it's received well, maybe keep doing it or, yeah. um, you could call your your the words escaping me your commission yeah, yeah your your professional model painter on Zoom or maybe he just does a tutorial that you and your wife on your phone so the, the video is just of you and your mm-hmm. wife sitting down in front of a camera but you're looking at a phone and you're kind of pausing mm-hmm. and stopping it and you're both kind of painting at the end you then show well, that's kind of mm-hmm. low cost and you kind of make it make it a date night so you're kind of hitting two to two birds with one stone you can spend time with your wife and you're creating content <laughs> so that might be that's how I would probably would start off but yeah oh first of all I'm gonna have Christy listen to this section of the podcast and see what she has to say you know we like paying minis together <laughs> i think one of the one of the big things i would say is like it's okay if you try it and it completely flops because then hey at least you know that doesn't work or like that's not what your audience is looking for because you this is another thing is that sometimes we assume that just because we ship games that have miniatures in it that the people who receive them also paint miniatures sometimes they Mm -hmm. don't i'm one of those mentally insane people that won't play i've gotten over this because my friends insulted me enough that i've had to get over it but i received games with miniatures in it so like your simon games awakening around whatever it is and i wouldn't play them until i'd painted all the miniatures in the boxes which for some of those campaigns is is ridiculous some of them still haven't been played it's it's i'm 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 working through it. But one of the things I would say is turn it into a challenge as well. Uh, one of the really popular formats uh, in the miniature painting space is like seeing how quickly you can paint things. Because again, remember the pain point of most people is we don't have time. So we would love to paint this mini- this box full of miniatures, but I don't have the time to make them look good. So which is why speed painting exists. One of the formats in the miniature painting world is like, or say it's 10 hours, one hour, 10 minutes. And here's what, so I've painted the same miniature, but I've I've taken different amounts of time to do it. And basically through that, you're not only creating, a, kind of putting on some high stakes because there's a very clear cut time limit, but you're also showing to your audience, hey, with like differing amounts of time, here's the quality you can get in your paint scheme. Yeah, even if you've painted miniatures a little bit, it's like hopping onto that zoom at the start of the video with your commission painter and being like, hey, I'm gonna try and paint these minis. I've, I've set myself these goals. What should I like? What what should I be looking for? What should I, what are the pitfalls? What are the issues? And then just going ham on it uh, and just documenting that process. And at the end, just saying, "Hey, here's what I've learned from each of these time categories." Uh, Miniac uh, did a video like this as well, and it, especially if you're into miniature painting, it's it's incredibly helpful seeing how much you can actually achieve spending ten minutes on a miniature. But yeah, I think just have fun with it. Instead, of, it's always that kind of thing. It's 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 easy to worry about whether it'll land or not. Sometimes we've just got to take the the risk and create a piece of content. And if it lands, super. If it doesn't, okay, cool. That's not what my audience is looking for. Cool. I, I love that. I've been reading a book by Edward Bernays. He's sort of the, 
the evil genius of marketing and kind of it, all the horrible marketing wizardry we kind of see today is because of him. You can thank him. Uh, he was a propaganda specialist. Anyway, his whole philosophy was you create an event. From that event, you then get news coverage. From that news coverage, you then get your audience. And that's how he basically was able to market the products of his clients was to create events. And I kind of see the YouTube video as that event. You have to set up an event. That event then gets news coverage it's the algorithm picking it up and disturbing it or it could just be third parties picking it up and sharing it or the, you know users mm -hmm. themselves and then that then brings your audience so and think of, i think in terms of thinking of events this is an event we're doing we're doing a painting competition it's me versus my wife people love watching jewels mm -hmm. you know and like yeah. watch till the end see who wins yeah. you know so yeah. um i i think that's why and that's a, something unique that you wouldn't really see in a general i think it's it's more creative than a hey this is our one minute how to play you know it's, yeah. it's something different it makes you stand out on the platform so i think the content creators and and publishers might need to start thinking outside the box when it comes to marketing their their games on youtube the kind of simple three minute or five minute or even 45 minute, this is how you play, might not be cutting it anymore. You might need to be thinking outside the box in terms of getting your stuff out there. Yeah. I like the idea of of trying something and then moving with the results and uh, leaning into what's working and then being willing to say, oh, that didn't work. I'm going to cut that and then go in a different direction and try something else until you figure out what does work or what your, what your audience does want. And I think that your audience is a part should be a part of that conversation that mm -hmm. uh you know you should ask before you start on this epic miniature journey learning how to paint like for me i'm kind of rusty i don't have the paints i can't paint white worth a dang you know like i need to have like a a bay that i you know like a whatever like a i forget a spray painting type thing yeah for minis you know you should just ask your community if that's mm -hmm. content you know like would this be interesting to you or what, what else might be more interesting? And you could get some great ideas from your community. I think that a lot of the time people come up with these harebrained ideas uh, for marketing. Sometimes, um, well, I would say the vast majority of the time, they do not consult their community. Yeah. And that is more often to their detriment than not. Sometimes they strike it just right. They're like, I know exactly what you need. And you deliver it. And then it's super fun. Other times it's, you know, or maybe somebody commits to it and then eventually builds momentum and becomes great. Other times it just, you know, I, I have brought up the example before of uh, a friend of mine blogging for six months straight and really not getting any traction, but blogging faithfully every single week. And I'm like, you know, is this working for you? And, you know, eventually it was like, why are you doing this then? You know, why do you keep <laughs> doing this? Um, so I think it's it's really smart to be willing to try something, analyze, see how it works, and and maybe if it's not working, you know, move into a different direction. And and there's no shame in trying no. stuff. You know, no, eventually, if you no. try a lot of stuff, you're gonna find something that works. We had a conversation that UK Games Expo. You told me you had a your day job is in video production, and yeah. I said, well, it's common practice in the video production space that if you bring in actors or you call in extras, and even if they're unpaid. You pay for their travel expense and you cover mm -hmm. their food. So you, you in a sense, pay for their basic necessities. You don't pay them, but they're not at a loss. And I, so this is where I got into my conversation with you. This is my, this is my personal opinion when it comes to reviews is that I have no problem paying for a review in terms of 
covering some of their basic necessities. You know, in, in a sense, they've got to use the electricity, they've got an internet connection, they've got expensive equipment in terms of cameras that they're using, even their time in terms of just covering you know, the basics of their time, not even in a way that's profitable, just in terms of like looking at your, your stuff and editing videos and publishing it. So <laughs> there's all that stuff where you know, they might, they, you know, you might not be paying them enough for them to be profitable and turn this into a business, but at least you're covering their sort of basic necessities and, and valuing their time. And it's basically, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. So that's how I, this is how we got into this uh, conversation. And um, so I yeah. wanted to kind of preface that and provide a bit of context. But yeah, with your experience in the video production outside the board game space, obviously that's common practice. So with all that in mind, what's your views on <laughs> paid content, <laughs> paid reviews? Yes. So this is the the great thing about this topic is that there's a there's a there's a plethora of opinions out there online about it. So I, I think before we even say anything, I think if if you are a content creator and equally if you're a publisher, I think the first thing you've got to do is figure out what you think about it because it's it's going to be different for everyone. It really is, and everyone is going to kind of draw their line in the sand at different points. Um, for me, I have no issue with it as long as there are clear discussions and lines on what is and isn't paid for. So I think there is a general consensus, at least I, I'm going to put this out there. Somebody can fact check me on it. But I feel like there's a general consensus in that content creators, I'll make it personal. I, I would not feel comfortable if a publisher came to me and said, I want to pay you to review this game and give it a thumbs up. So if if someone came to me to should you back it and said, hey, Sam, um, we got this Kickstarter campaign coming up. We like your channel. We'd love to get a positive review out of you. Oh, and by the way, we'll pay you for your time. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable with it because for me, one of the, the key things that's important to me is, is the trust of the viewers. So if there was anything that happened that would question my integrity in that space, whenever it comes to reviewing, um, the whole thing, the, the jigs up, right? Um, and that's that's a it'll be a per reflection on me and equally a per reflection on the the publisher because they're willing to pay for these things. So I, I have no issue being paid for coverage. It just depends on what the coverage is. If you wanted to pay me for gameplay for your Kickstarter campaign coming out, then it goes without saying that I absolutely will not be covering your Kickstarter campaign from a should you back it kind of video perspective. Because again, I'm not saying that my judgment would be swayed by the fact that we've entered into a paid collaboration in, in one area. It's possible, right? But there's also more than, more importantly, the perception on the viewer side of it, they will immediately assume that because money has transferred hands, that what I'm saying is less valid and that my opinion shifted. So yeah, but I, th I think it, it, it's it's definitely something that every creator and every publisher needs to decide for themselves what they are comfortable paying for and what they aren't. Uh, and then you've got to really stick to that um, going forward, if that makes sense. I think it's a, it's a real tough space to be in as a content creator, because I, I think that a large problem of this is YouTube itself, where people don't realize how expensive it is to actually make professional quality content in terms of the equipment, the mm -hmm. the software this even the time to develop the skills to be able to produce it and content has become so cheap that i think mm -hmm. people assume it's free content video content is free but someone's paying to get that video up on youtube 
and the monetization of all of this is has changed because of how YouTube monetizes content through ads, display ads. So mm-hmm. I, it's difficult where you kind of have creators who need money to exist, <laughs> trying to exist on a platform that almost works against them in some ways in terms of that creative process and the expectations it has created within audiences to essentially consume endless amounts of video content that's high quality from so many mm-hmm. different people and so many different sources for yeah. for free. Well, so, you know, at least on Netflix, you have to pay a, a subscription, right? <laughs> you know, I find I, I'm a little cynical in this because you have many, we'll say, influencers out there on YouTube in mm-hmm. let's uh, not use the board game space. Let's use yeah. um, somebody I love watching, Mark Rober, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they will put product placement in their videos and they are definitely getting paid. There are others that place products in their videos. You know, Mr. Beast, for example, he mm-hmm. does great stuff, but he's always selling his stuff. I mean, I use some crazy examples of people that are making good money on YouTube doing the things they're doing. When, you know, we pull back you know, look at this lens to, to content creators. I think there's a thing that happens in the board game industry with content creators where they, this is a, this is a weird way of saying this, but they are so harsh on each other mm-hmm. for paid reviews. And the yeah. reality is the, what the reality that I see is nobody cares as much as they do. So I would just, if I was a content creator making content, getting paid for reviews, you know, you can listen to people that have no real financial incentive to, to you know, they're, they're just going to give you their two cents, you know, but um, they they don't care if you live or die. They don't even know you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just, as soon as your name disappears from their newsfeed, they forget you exist, right? And uh, that's just the way that people can be. Trolls can be this way. And I think that sometimes in the content creator community, I see like, in a way, like the way I would describe it is like a good old boys club where it's like, <laughs> we all, we all want to be poor. We all wanted this to be a hobby and actually make no money. And thus, you know, it is very immoral to accept money for reviews. And I just don't, I don't think that that's how the world works. And I think that if you operate on a, a manner or uh, along those lines, you're going to, be miserable eventually, mm-hmm. you know, like, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my time? You know, I mean, the goal should be definitely to have like a cathartic experience to get your, you know, it should start out as a hobby. Like you shouldn't necessarily be thinking about it like, oh, I need a million subscribers by next year, you know, um, unless you're Mr. Beast, which is exactly how he thought. But uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I feel like you should have goals and mm-hmm. those goals, if you know, it should be okay to take money for things. I will say that you will get hung out to dry by backers if you're saying you should buy this. And the reason you're saying that is because you got paid a check. Um, That's something that will be sussed out and regular backers won't like it. But if you (laughs) say right at the beginning of this video, this video is promotional content paid for by blah, blah. I think personally, it's completely fine to have an opinion and share an opinion about said product as long as you're making known this thing, you know, um, I have, uh, people that I've given, you know, deliverance copies that were clearly so excited that were trying Mm -hmm. every way, which way not to give an opinion. (laughs) And you could just tell they were excited, you know? And I think that the way that I would look at it is like Rado, for example, 
you're mm-hmm. gonna pay Rado if you're gonna get a game on his channel, but he he's gonna give his honest opinion about it, and that's okay. Like he he makes money from doing this as his living. I think this is the the tricky thing, right? There there are examples of people who have been in this industry for a long time who get paid for all of the content, and this they're never mentioned in these conversations of whether their their judgment has been tarnished or influenced. I think we're definitely seeing it primarily whenever you see these content creators who are predominantly covering crowdfunded content that we see it coming up a lot more. You do see a lot of content creators who who <laughs> bless them. They are going out of their way to be like there's like a 10 minute preamble before they get into the video of like here's my thesis on why I hope you think this is okay and like and I've done all these things and I got the money but it's you know in a safe that I won't open for 10 years just in case you know my my opinion's been changed and all these and it's like sometimes there is an element where like we're we're so worried that the viewers are going to think he got paid a dollar for this let's get after him let's crucify sometimes, him yeah and, and some people genuinely right. don't care right and but right. some people do care and it, it is it's just one of those things where you've just got to figure out what makes sense for you and and just like be open and honest if, if you're a corporate shill you know yeah like, care if, if but if you have an opinion then i want to know it you know like and, uh for example I, I i really line up my personal game interests line up a lot with sam healy and i tend to love whatever he loves i know i'm gonna like and yeah. so i want to know like sam do you love this thing because mm-hmm. i know that i know that i'm gonna like it if you like it i trust you in general and so Please tell me that. I, I think that sometimes people do themselves a disservice by making their channel so vague and so broad in general yeah. that they don't really develop um, hardcore fans who are like, yeah, what games yes. do you have to recommend? I think it's not a bad thing to have a group of people that are like, I will buy what you recommend. I don't think that's a bad thing. One of the tricky things on that is, so let's say, Andrew, you had a, you had a YouTube channel. You really loved deck building games. And uh, if you are a deck building... Truth. so let's say you really love deck building games and most of your videos are about deck building games and you have an audience of people who love deck building games and i am producing a deck building game and i'm like well you know what i'm going to get andrew and his channel i'm going to pay him to cover this deck building game and i'm paying you to cover my deck building game because i'm 99 certain you're going to like my game because it's a deck building game the tricky thing is that the worry then comes like you always the comment always gets me whenever there's these discussions is like are, are people in the 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 community here like oh well you know they're only covering this because they've got paid and they're only saying nice things or you never see them covering things they don't like and it you've just there are some t- and like i get it i really do get it but you've got to take a step back in that. So like, Andrew, if you had a channel that solely covered deck building games because you like them, you're not going to turn around and like cover this, uh, the new cool mini or not zombicide extravaganza because it's not up your street. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to produce a video unless you're a very- I mean, They're not passionate about it, right? Uh, yeah. It's so like, we usually end up making content that we're that we as the creators are drawn to and we're making content around the games that we're drawn to because we think we'll like it. And we think that because we like it, you'll like it. There are channels not in the, I'm not saying in the board game space. I remember I came across this video game channel and it was just a guy who was just angry about everything. And it was like every video that came out, it was like, here's everything that's wrong with it. And I hate it and I hate the company and I hate all this stuff. And I'm sitting there watching it being like, 
I'm starting to hate you. Like this is, I, I feel so angry. Like, like why is this? Note at two players. Uh, you'll have to be more specific. <laughs> but it, you know, it's and li- listen. Some people that is their niche, and like you know, these people watch them and they're also angry, and they're all like, ah, it's brilliant that we're also angry. But most of us don't want to be that. So most of the time, if you're a publisher, you're probably going to end up paying someone to cover your game because you know they're probably going to like it. You just want to make sure that it gets covered. And it's just a it's just a really unfortunate coincidence that these things all align. Most of the time we don't cover games we don't like. Like even for me, there are campaigns that I'll cover that I'll tell you not to back. I didn't choose that campaign because I knew going into it, I'm really going to hate this Kickstarter. I can't wait to tell people not to give this company money. Pretty much all of the campaigns that I, I cover have been games that I've looked at and thought, oh, I, I might end up backing this. And then it really, trust me, I I think, I can't remember if I told people not to back Elden Ring, but I was so gutted when I made that because I, I like I was looking forward to it. It's a video game and I'm like, this is so cool. There's tons of miniatures. And you cover the thing, you're like, ah, oh, guys, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if you should back this. But that's it's not the norm. So like most of the time we're going into it and we're covering these things because we want to be positive. We want to give it a green light. It's just that sometimes when money's involved, it it, it, it muddies the waters. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's super important. I think the key thing in, in in all areas when it comes to paying for coverage is that you if you're a publisher, if you're a creator, if you're an audience member, you've got to figure out where do I draw the line and what is and isn't acceptable. And then I just got to stick with it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think you make your opinion clear and you know, you you admit to yourself that your opinion means very little after it comes out of your mouth and you just film the rest of the video. I think you'll have some people who agree with you, others that Mm -hmm. disagree. And hopefully you have both because that usually haters mean that you're doing something (laughs) right, you know? And so, uh, yeah, well, that's awesome, right? To give you an example, Mm -hmm. sorry to cut you off, Andrew, specifically on that, right? Like, especially because we're all just random people sharing an opinion, right? And Mm -hmm. like in the grand scheme of the universe, it, our opinions don't really matter that much, it, like respectfully. I love us all, but like we're just random people that just started speaking, and then some people listen. So like some of the video campaigns I've covered, I'll share my opinion, and people comment, and they're like, "I can't believe you said this. This is this game's awful, or this game's fantastic." You know, and and blah, 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 blah. And, and I always comment, respond, and been like, "Hey, listen, it's totally okay that you think this. I'm just some random guy." in Northern Ireland that decided to record a video and put it online. Like, honestly, my opinion genuinely does not matter. Like, if you want to play this game, please, like, genuinely go and play it. Like, it's it's totally okay. It's it's easy to get swept. We're all just very passionate about this yeah. hobby, I think yeah. is the key thing. Um, we just need to show a little bit of added grace to each other. And yeah, just be authentic with one another as well. That's fantastic. Well, on that thought, we'll go ahead and conclude this podcast. Um, but I'll say, you know, it's been a fantastic time talking with you, Sam. Before we do end, how mm. can people find you? Yeah, so if you are a board game publisher, if you're into board games, you can find me at youtube.com slash should you back it. Uh, and if much like Andrew, you want to try and figure out how to paint miniatures a little bit better, uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash tabletop hub. Yeah, always uh, willing to have a chat about these things. So thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, it's sure been a pleasure. And by the way, can people get on your radar for something like a future Kickstarter? Is that something that you oblige ever? Oh, they absolutely can. Always love hearing about Kickstarters. And if they have miniatures, you bet your bottom dollar. Uh, 
I'm going to be excited. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, uh, I'm very open about my email. You can contact me at samuel at tabletophub.co.uk. Let me know what's going on. I'm more than happy to have a conversation about things. Um, even if uh, you just want me to take a look at your preview page and give you some notes, totally happy to do that as well. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Samuel, for joining us. And I will let Robot Richard send us out. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. For more resources, articles, and to listen to past podcasts, please visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next week. Stay nerdy.